Father Nicholas always has to remind me that the hedges got a personal invitation there. And, um, you know, let's just get that out of the way right off. And yes, we are here. And, um, and, and also the McIntyres. Um, uh, McIntyre actually in Gaelic means uh, son of the carpenter. So, um, uh, you know, anyway, yeah, the son of the carpenter was here too. So um, uh, every time that comes up, there's always that little smile at the altar there. And <laughs> kind of puts me off my homiletical game for a minute or two, but I get back to it. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And what a beautiful day we have been given. As I arose, as I looked out, uh, blue sky, clear sky, such a day. It seems so long ago, a year ago, Advent, that the mountains and the hills south of us were red and angry and threatening. And the sky above us and our very breath was choked with smoke and ash. During that time, uh, one of my brother responders uh, gave me a box of N95 respiratory masks for a Christmas and birthday combined present. Last Advent, we kind of lost it in all of the, all of the distraction and the trauma of that time. And it didn't seem like the year calmed down. As the Thomas fire stalled, the rain came, and the burnt hills of Montecito slid down with tragic effect. And the year wore on, and it seemed at times that the whole state was on fire. And it seemed that around the country there were vengeful hurricanes that raged toward us and that there were angry shots fired all around the country, angry shots of murderous intent. And at times it seemed to me that the barking of the search dog was somehow like the trumpet of Judgment Day. Then, once more, just before Thanksgiving, Beautiful paradise of Butte County was lost. As we wept one day supporting the search and recovery team there, finally overwhelmed by the weight of a whole year, not just of one in incident, but of a whole year, with head bowed out of the corner of my eye, I noticed something. I turned out the window of the truck to see a perfect three-year-old eight-point buck. And the buck looked me in the eye calmly in perfection, in stillness, in the beauty of all that God has created. He turned to me and, and this is the truth, he nodded to me. He went like that. And after he assessed that I was safe for his family of two does who were following him, 
and I won't labor too long the fact that in my mind I went, wait a minute, one, two, three, what's going on here? He assessed that it was safe, and he they passed. I was overwhelmed and actually laughed in that moment. I laughed because life persists, because the life that God has given us somehow persists, somehow rises from the ash, rises from the tomb. Somehow life persists. The Lord is somehow near in the middle of the fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked as, as if they were in a refreshing dew. And the prophet Daniel in the lion's den walked as if he was among uh, a shepherd among his sheep. Somehow or another, the Lord is with us in the most adverse of circumstances. And he shows us this only when we need it most. He doesn't show it to you ahead of time. He doesn't show it to you out of a book. He doesn't show you because you reasonably deduced it. He shows it to you when you need it the most. Deacon John Chrysostomus, in the immediate aftermath of 9-11, said that God has the vision of an owl, and he sees us most clearly when we lie in the darkness. Do we see him most clearly when we lie in the darkness, when we lie there in the ash? At the right time, the Lord shows us what we need the most. Well, that's what Advent's all about. At the right time, in the fullness of time, the Lord showed, us, showed the whole world what the whole world needed, and it wasn't what the whole world expected. It was a baby in a manger. It wasn't a conquering king coming with uh, making everything perfect. It was a baby, a baby in, in, in his weakness. Yet I have been hearing many folks around town saying that this holiday season wears them out. Does that kind of resonate with anybody here? Our lives get so overwhelmed in it sometimes. There can be a sort of seasonally affective disorder when our expectation for a perfect Christmas just doesn't measure up. When the souffle flops when uh, someone didn't show up that got invited. It doesn't always measure up to our sense of what it ought to be perfectly. So we get gift cards, we put them on credit cards, and we stuff them into Hallmark cards at the very last minute. Does that sound familiar? We have this, this expectation that somehow we can buy that perfection that seems to elude us because of all, all that, that crowds in on us. So often the stuff that we really care about gets crowded by the stuff that we don't really care th quite that much about. We juggle and we try to be responsible with family obligations, the rhythm of the life of the church, 
our work, and the unforeseen that lurks in every day. Well, then right in the middle of all of that juggling, all of that trying to figure things out, we get this banquet invitation, as if we needed an invitation to another party in this season, as if we needed another banquet in invitation. I don't know about you all, but I have been deleting them almost as fast as my fingers can go. Delete, delete, delete. God love you. Merry Christmas. Bye. <laughs> right in the middle of the busiest season of the year, we know it will be a wonderful meal. We know that every one of those parties out there this season are going to be wonderful parties, that people will laugh, the food will be wonderful, people will eat and drink too much. We know it. And we especially know that this banquet that we've been invited to will be an especially wonderful meal that we ought to miss. But our lives are crowded with so many other priorities. Why, I've barely started my Christmas shopping. I haven't got all my gift cards yet to stuff into my Hallmark cards, all of which I put on my credit cards. How can I take time out for a banquet? How can I take time out to come to this place? Brothers and sisters, dear children, rejoice with the Lord and with all those saints and with all those angels that you have come to the banquet today. He invited you and you came. Glory to God. Now our meal here, to all outward appearances, is a simple one, but it is the very costliest gift that we will receive this year. Our Lord Jesus came down from the comfort of heaven and laid down his life to provide this banquet for us. We dine here not on some exotic catered specialty over at the Bacara. We dine here, rather, on that which is precious, precious both to the poor and to the affluent. We feed here on the charity of love, his life for ours, our life for his, each of our lives for one another. The richest man in all the cosmos could not buy such a banquet, for it must be given. It cannot be bought, it cannot be taken. It must be given and freely given. It is given to you all today here in this place. It is offered in behalf of all and for all. Even for those of us who made excuses in the fast and did not prepare, but somehow by grace are here nonetheless. We lift up with faith. Somehow what is offered here is offered for those we care for, but who are not here. Those we care for and perhaps have even become alienated from this place. We offer it for them in their stead. We pray that it is multiplied for all the poor and needy. And if we receive it in faith and love, it will satisfy 
our every need, even those needs for perfection. For this feast is perfect. This feast is where we got the idea of perfection from. This is the feast of feasts. So why then, one might ask, why then is this not ban this banquet hall not filled to overflowing? We lift our hands in thanksgiving for each and all, but there are still spaces left. The spaces left should be filled with the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the lonely of this city. And there are so many lonely in this city who could benefit from this table. At the Lord's invitation, we should compel them to come in. He didn't say come up with some sort of a, of a wonderful marketing program to accomplish the task. You know, God love outreach and all that stuff. He said, go out and compel them. Compel them to come in. St. Ambrose observed that handicaps do not exclude us from the kingdom of heaven. And further, he said, he invites both the good and the evil to strengthen the good and to change the disposition of the wicked for the better. I think that's partly why I come here as often as I do, to have my disposition changed for the better. For thus it is fulfilled the saying that wolves and lambs will feed together. Wolf or lamb, no matter. We're glad you're here. You feed together. I beg you have a care that we hold this feast dear, for it was prepared and delivered to you at a great price. It was passed to us from holy forefathers and holy foremothers, many of whom died to pass it to us. We did not make it up ourselves, and perhaps that is why we protect it so carefully as we do. We didn't make it up ourselves. It was given to us. The ancestors of Christ, according to the flesh, are remembered on this Sunday. They set aside a tithe of their fields and grew the wheat for that very first loaf. From the best vine in the vineyard, they produced that first chalice of wine. We did not make this feast, but this feast is making us. That's an homage to Rich Mullins, if you know who he is. He said of the creed, I did not make this, but it is making me. We did not make this feast, but this feast is making us. This simple feast is the most precious gift we will receive. Especially at this celebration of Advent, let us make no excuses. Our lives are so crowded and busy, but the feast is what we were born and baptized for. If we in this season of Advent will make a little space, just a little space in our heart for him, like the manger in the stable cave, then he will make a spacious place for us at the table, and he will offer us the bread of heaven that gives eternal life. So, with all that, with fear of God, with faith and love, when all things are ready and we are called, let us come to the Lord's banquet table 
and receive the gift that he has prepared for each of you, for he knows each of you and your needs at this feast. And may it be to the glory of God the Father.